All right, the Holy Spirit. We are continuing on in that series this week. Week one, we talked about how the Holy Spirit lives in us once we are saved. And there's a sanctification process that happens where the Holy Spirit starts changing us on the inside, and that starts to reflect on the outside. And as he's working on our hearts, he's working in our lives, we start to notice that we want to be more like him. And that sanctification process helps us, and the Holy Spirit helps us in that. And then last week, we talked about warning signs that the Holy Spirit gives us, and that we need to pay attention when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, because he tries to warn us and tries to direct us of things that are coming up in our lives and and paths we need to take in order to make it into heaven. So we've got to pay attention to those warning signs. And this week, we're going to talk about grieving the Holy Spirit and also quenching the Holy Spirit. Two things that we do not want to do at Orchardville Church. Ephesians 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4, verse 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So that verse, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And I'll be honest, as I've read that over the years, I thought to myself, you can't grieve God. I mean, God's God. Look how big, I mean, he's big, he's amazing, he's wonderful, he's all powerful. I can't grieve him. And, the, and, and I got to thinking, like, maybe the word grieve means something else. So I looked it up and I studied it a little bit. And sure enough, you know what? Grief means grieve. It means that. And grief literally means to cause pain, to cause to suffer when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Grieving the Holy Spirit, causing pain, causing to suffer, to inflict this kind of emotional pain on a being. And the, the Holy Spirit this morning, I want you to know, has emotions. Has emotions. The Holy Spirit has emotions. The Bible teaches me that there are things that I can do that will actually grieve the Holy Spirit of God. That's not good. There's things that I can do that will grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I can cause him pain. And as, as I was reading through this and thinking about it, it's starting to have an impact on me. Like, what? what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve him. I don't want to hurt him. Looking at that verse again, but let's back up one verse to get some context around what this scripture is saying this morning. Verse 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So right in the middle of this command for us to go and love one another and forgive one another is this verse that says, do not grieve him. And this, and this thought that I can bring pain to God kind of shakes me, kind of makes me think about some things. When I have these feelings of bitterness towards another Christian, when I'm unforgiving, when I'm, when I'm showing anger towards people, I'm hurting God. I'm grieving the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we like to think as as God is impersonal, like he's just some kind of machine that doesn't feel anything. He's just a great big God that does his thing and he doesn't feel. But he does. Where do you think all our emotions come from? We were made in his image. 
So he understands emotions. And the thought of, of me not getting along with somebody here, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> if it is, we can talk. Or you not getting along with me, I don't think that's the case. But if we have that in our lives, that we're causing some sort of pain for the Holy Spirit. Some sort of grieving. And that's why we've got to take these commands seriously for us to live in harmony with each other. If we can't do it in here, we sure can't show it out there. And this is a lot bigger than just ourselves. Oh, I want to get along with everyone. It's about I want to be at peace with everyone because I don't want to cause harm to God. I don't want to grieve His Holy Spirit. I don't want to have this bitterness in me. I don't want to have this rage in me. I don't want to have this unforgiveness. And it's not just about us letting go of our burdens and, and caring and, and saying, oh, I feel better now because I restored a relationship. It's about our almighty God and who he is to us and how we don't want to grieve him. You know, he doesn't even really ask a lot of us. Luke 10, 27, it says, He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's all he asks us to do. Two greatest commands. And, and yet a lot of times we're not willing to do those things. If we're not doing those things, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. We are hurting God. I don't want to do that. I hope you don't want to do that. If we understand this this morning, we, we're going to do whatever it takes to reconcile with other believers. Yes, we should do whatever it takes to reconcile with other believers. Whatever it takes. If somebody says something to me that's hateful, I should want to reconcile with him and they should want to reconcile with me in this church house. There has to be reconciliation there has to be forgiveness otherwise i'm hurting god i'm slapping him in the face and saying i don't want what you offer i don't want to live in unity so what makes the holy spirit sad and sorrowful as we break down this verse foul and abusive language makes the holy spirit sad and i ain't going to cuss you out everybody listening maybe i should it'll wake some people up huh I won't. <laughs> Promise. Foul and abusive language makes the Holy Spirit sad. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Something that is talking about something that's gotten rotten, that you're spewing out. You're letting these words out. Language, profanity, dirty stories, vulgarity, all this stuff grieves the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's just the guys talking. We just like to tell those jokes. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. Well, I just, I just cuss because that's all I've known. Well, I was there before too and God delivered me out of that. And he can do that for you too. So this foul or abusive language, it needs to go. And I don't really know when it became cool. You know, I, I talk a lot about being holy, being set apart and how we're striving to be like Jesus each day. I don't know when it became cool for Christians to talk the way that some Christians talk. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't see how that reflects the heart of God. 
And I want you to know that when we're doing that, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. The nastiness we, we spit out is grieving the Holy Spirit. It talks about bitterness makes the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful. Definition of bitterness is an embittered and resentful spirit that refuses to be reconciled. You know what? Some people just like to be mad. Anybody know anybody like that? Please don't point. But some people just like to be mad, like to be in conflict, and that's just the way they are. And they won't settle for keeping their mouth shut. They just want to make their opinions known, and they don't care who it hurts, including him. Bitterness makes the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful. And the, and the sad thing about bitter people is they rarely want to, they rarely want to keep it to themselves. I can't just be bitter on my own. And I'll hit on this a little bit Wednesday night. I want to be some people to be bitter with me. Hey, I'm mad at so-and-so. Why don't you join my little group and let's be mad at them too? You be bitter too because they did this. Grieving the Holy Spirit. Going against God. Instead of having this bitterness and this unforgiveness, here's a, here's a little concept for us. Forgive. Amen. Forgive. It, it, it's so easy for us to be so thankful. Oh, Jesus, I'm so thankful that you forgave me of my sins. I'm so thankful that you brought me out of that, all that junk that I was mixed up in. But when somebody else does something to us, we don't want to offer that same kind of forgiveness to people. But, but Jesus just did that for you. Forgive them. Forgive them. Let God's love show through. Talks about fits of rage and uncontrolled anger make the Holy Spirit sad and sorrowful. I am sorry, I've done this a lot. I used to have so many anger problems. Uh, it wasn't even funny. Like, just little things would set me off. And then I'd just let it build and build and build, and then I'd punch something. Not a person, just something. Stupid thing to do. <laughs> just hurt my hand is all it did. But I used to have issues with this anger and this rage inside of me, never thinking what I'm doing to the Holy Spirit, how I'm hurting God. Rage speaks of a person who's easily angered and who raises his voice, shouting and screaming. It's okay when you're preaching. It's not rage. <laughs> Slander is speaking evil of others behind their backs. Who's vengeance supposed to be up to? <laughs> Yeah, not us. We don't take matters into our own hands. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. When we talk, what if we thought about this acronym? I came across this. It's the word think. So next time you're, you're, you're not sure about whether you should say something or not, try this. T, is it truthful? Is what I'm about to say Truthful. H, is it helpful to the situation? You know, a lot of times when Sarah and I argue about something, most of the stuff we say is not helpful. We argue. And, and when we let things out, it's usually not asking, is this going to be helpful to this? It's usually, let me see if I can make it a little bit worse. <laughs> let me run my mouth a little bit more. And then she runs her mouth a little bit more. And then she wants to talk about it, and I don't want to. 
So is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? I can say, I've said a lot of things in my life that were not inspiring to people. Is it inspiring? In, is it necessary? Is what I'm about to say even necessary? Is it going to help anything? Or should I just not say anything and forgive? Okay, is it kind? Boy, the world could use a lot more kindness. Is it kind? Instead of speaking evil of someone, we're to be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. But that person doesn't deserve that. Doesn't matter what you think. You're grieving the Holy Spirit by hanging on to that stuff. I would rather not do that and operate in the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for me than just get a little bit because I can't get over stuff. God still forgives us. How many times we mess up? And again, he concludes in Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You guys have probably heard this before. Forgiven people should be forgiving people. We know how much God's forgiven us. We should offer that same thing to people. It is not about what so-and-so did to me. It's about him. So get over yourself and make it about him. Put it aside. Lay it aside for something greater. You know, a lot of times we want to we think too that they did me more wrong than I did them. Who cares? Who cares? While you're holding on to a, a week-long grudge or a five-year grudge or a 20-year grudge, how much are you missing out on that God wants to do in your life? And, it, and really, in our hearts, you know, we should say, God, I don't want to cause you any grief. I don't want to cause you any pain. I don't want to grieve your Holy Spirit in my life. I don't want that. I want everything that you have for me. So if that means I need to forgive, then Lord, help me forgive like you've forgiven me. If it means let go of the anger and the bitterness and the rage, then Lord, help me let it go because I don't want to hurt you. And along with grieving the Holy Spirit, we can quench the Holy Spirit. First Thess Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Quenching to cause something or someone to cease functioning, to stifle, smother, or suppress. We cannot let the Holy Spirit fire burn out in this church. cannot quench it. It needs to be fanned. It needs to be kept going through us as we gather corporately every Sunday, every week. This should be the most exciting place to be through the week. Not walk out unchanged. If you walk out unchanged, then you didn't give God your best. And he deserves your best. Paul commands here, stop putting out the Spirit's fire. And, and I know what he's talking about in the context of this is, is if we have spiritual manifestation gifts, which we haven't really hit on much, but we should operate in them in the church with spiritual discernment. It's not a free-for-all. Everybody does what they want to do with spiritual discernment. 
in the order that God wants it to happen. And I, I really think, you know, for me, this can be looked at in other uh, contexts as well. I don't want to quench the spirit with my lackluster worship. Here comes a toe stepping. I don't want to come in here and give God 50% in my worship. Like he only gave me 50% on the cross. I don't want to come in here and not pray for people when the Spirit puts people on my mind just because I don't feel like doing it. That's quenching the Spirit. I, want to, I don't want to not say things that God drops in my spirit like last week just because I'm not sure if that's you or not. I want to be obedient. I don't want to quench the Spirit by, by sitting there saying all this, I don't even like this song. I've hit on this before and it really aggravates me. It's not about the music. It's about what's going on in here. So I don't care what they play, what they sing, I can still worship. And me complaining about the music is grieving and quenching the spirit because my attitude in my heart is in the wrong place. quenching the spirit there's so many ways we can do that by not being obedient by you know here's another thing that gets me while i'm on it i'll just keep going can i have some freedom thank you i will it drives me nuts and i know there's different health issues and people that deal with things i'm not talking about that I'm, here's another way we quench the spirit. We stay up all hours of the night, Saturday night, and come in Sunday falling asleep in church because we don't want to give God our best. We'd rather stay up all night. So we get into church. We can barely stay awake. What time did you go to bed? I was about four in the morning. I was just doing whatever. Here I am to worship. So much I love you, Lord. I love you so much, I'll stay up watching movies or Netflix all night or video games and, and come in here and just sleep instead of letting you move in my life. Let me quench you. I don't want to quench the spirit by sticking to a schedule. And I get that they're good. But if, and I've told you guys this since I've started. When God wants to move, we're going to let him move. I'm not going to get in the way of what he wants to do. And here's a big one, another one. I don't want to quench the spirit in my life by looking one way on a Sunday and acting like a hellion outside of the church all through the week. You really think God's going to honor that? And the Spirit's going to move like He wants to move in your life when you put on a face, a little fake mask here in church and then go out and live however you want to outside of here? Not going to happen. I'm guilty. I'm preaching really hard this morning, I think. <laughs> but I want us to understand there are ways that we grieve the Spirit of God. There are ways that we quench the Spirit from doing what He wants to do by the way we are living. By the things that we're doing. By the things that we're saying. And we don't want to hurt God. We don't want to hurt Him.
I've seen the Holy Spirit change people that I didn't think could be changed. All because they surrendered everything to him. Just surrender to him. The praise team would come up. We have to understand too is this faith thing is not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about him. It has to be about him. Some of us need to check our egos at the door. And just let the Holy Spirit move. And realize that it's not what I want, it's what He wants. And as long as I keep hanging on to, to everything that goes against what God would want, then I'm going to keep quenching and grieving the Spirit. And He's not going to be allowed to move like He wants to move. You know, I'm telling you guys right now, we have great, we have great music here, we have great prayer warriors here, we have average preaching, but... We have the Holy Spirit above all else that can do more for one person in an encounter with him than what any of us can do. So, so when he gets a hold of a heart and starts to work on them and change them, it's amazing to see. And I don't want to be somebody that hinders that. When a person walks in the doors of Orchardville Church, I want them to have everything that God has for them. And part of that is a preparation before they get here that my heart's right that your heart is right so when they walk in I feel his presence I know he's here I know there's something going on inside of me and I want it we have a responsibility in our personal lives and in our corporate worship to, to welcome the Holy Spirit into our hearts to welcome him into our service like Sarah prayed this morning and to let him move like he wants to move. You know, my prayer is that, is that every time we, we come in here, that we say, let freedom reign in this place. Let your freedom reign in this place. Get us out of the way, God. Let your freedom reign in this place. You guys will stand this morning. I hope you guys know my heart that when I have to preach things that are kind of tough, that it's coming from a place of love, that, that I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. That's it. I promise you that's what, that's what my heart is. I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. And these things that get in the way are grieving the Holy Spirit or quenching the Holy Spirit in your life, in my life. And they've got to go. They've got to go. If you want to operate in that fullness that he has for you, those things have to go. So as we pray and worship this morning, we open these altars. If there's something that you know in your life right now that could be or is grieving the Holy Spirit, is quenching the Holy Spirit in your life right now that you need to let go of, that you need to get rid of, we're going to open these altars and give you a chance to pray and surrender those things to the Lord. If you need healing in your body, I am 100% believer that God still heals today. You're never going to make me doubt that. 
You're never going to tell me a story where I'm not going to, I'm still going to believe that he heals. So if you need healing for anything this morning, I want to pray for you. If you need salvation, you don't know the Lord this morning, rededication, you've walked away from him. These altars are open. This is, the big step is just getting out and moving toward. I, I promise you when you make that first one, the rest of them get easier. And I also promise you that you won't pray alone. So Father, right now we just come to you and we thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, clean us out. If there's any of these things that we talked about this morning that, that are in the way of what you want to do in our hearts and our lives, God, clean them out. Clean them out. Forgive us of these things, God. Help us understand the fullness of how you want to operate in us. Lord, as we open these altars, I just pray you're working on hearts and lives right now. That your conviction brings things to the forefront, God, of what, what needs to be let go of so that you can move. And Lord, as we pray for healings, we're believing and standing on your word, God. The people will be healed. We lay hands on the sick and they're healed. So we just praise and worship you right now in Jesus' name. Amen.